Royals and Ghouls. Lock your doors and strap yourselves in. From Los Angeles, California, this is the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more. With your hosts, Leone D'Antonio, Lauren and Trevor Shan, Austin Wilkin, and Rachel Tejada. Let's go! It is the Boo Crew Podcast, episode number three. Happy Boo Year! <laughs> Ballet's here. A crazy new year to you. Happy new year to you, Blaze. Ooh, some kind of voice you got there. Sound like the Phantom. Today on the show, we sit down for a roundtable discussing the haunts, the horror-related events and movies that made this past year unforgettable for the best of 2017. From E's hit reality show The Girls Next Door and Playboy, the delightful Bridget Marcourt joins us. She is a massive horror fan who has built herself up as the go-to horror event host and has also visited and investigated some of the most haunted locations in North America. If you are wondering when it starts, well, wonder no more. Grab your popcorn, fright fiends. It's the Boo Crew all up in your program. Hey guys, it's Bridget Marcourt. You're gathered around the seance table for another chilling episode of the Boo Crew podcast. It's the Boo Crew best of 2017. Anybody want to start with their uh, best horror moment of 2017 this past year? The year that was? Austin. Austin. Me. <laughs> I nominate you. Wheel spins. <laughs> Wheel spins to Austin. It was a big year. This is a big year for horror. There's a lot of great movies. A lot of great haunts. I feel like Halloween was bigger this year than ever before. And year-round. There's year-round escape rooms. There's year-round... Getting murdered in your sleeping bag. <laughs> Whatever. One of those extreme. Yeah. The, yeah. the extreme things where yeah. they come and get you in your sleeping bag. That's I, I seem to think that it's coinciding with the recent box office successes of, of horror movies. It seems, yeah. You know? Well, it's a guarantee. And it was a horror, you know, it, it was an extreme year. After an exhausting 2016, mm-hmm. it was an extreme year on many, many levels. So it was tough to pick one thing, but there's something that stood out to me, which was a film that premiered at Sundance in January of 2017 and kind of stayed consistent throughout the entire year. Uh, was released theatrically in February. A Blumhouse film that uh, you have probably figured out by now. I'm talking about Get Out. Rose, we gotta go. Is everything okay? Rose, the keys. Just get the keys. I don't know where they are. Rose! Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Written and directed by Jordan Peele. Loved it. It's a great film on every level. It is many genres, but it does that thing that I love that horror and a lot of horror, the 60s and 70s and even 50s and to some degree in the 30s. But that thing that horror does as a genre, because it can be it can go to the extremes, it works as uh, social commentary. Right. It's metaphor uh, at its best. And obviously, the social commentary of Get Out is very uh, on the surface, but there's a debate, you know, there's some people that you'll come across who say this is not a horror movie. Jordan Peele's answer to those people is it's a documentary. But the one scene that always stood out to me, and I've seen it a couple times now, is the hip- the hypnosis scene. Yes. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. With, it with is, the tea, with the coffee. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. And she, where she's subtle. So he goes out for a cigarette. If, if, you know, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's a very simple scene. It comes about halfway through the film where uh, our, our main character... Uh, is outside smoking at night. He's something weird. It feels kind of horror movie. Right. There's a lot of tension. He knows something's going on. He doesn't know what it is. And he comes in and he's sort of confronted by his girlfriend's mother. Um, him and his girlfriend are staying at the parents' house for the weekend. And she just starts talking to him. 
And she has him take a seat and they talk about smoking and she does hypnosis and she says, hey, you know, I can use hypnosis to get you to uh, to stop smoking. And it just builds and the tension and the score is so subtle and it, you just feel it just feels like a horror movie in every way. And the payoff of the scene, you know, we now the sunken place has now entered you know, uh, language, you, you know, we can, we use it in all these different ways now. And it works as a metaphor. It works in the context of the storytelling and it's, it's just horror on every level. Oh, I completely agree. Yeah, and he's, definitely. he's reluctant in that scene to even have anything to do with the hypnosis. She yeah, just kind of yeah. starts into it. And yeah. that, the tension you're talking about, all of a sudden you're like, Oh shit, he's, he's getting yeah. hypnotized now. He's right. starting to realize it as he's falling into it at the same time. It's almost, can't resist it at that yeah, point. Yeah. yeah. It was on TV the other day. I was watching it just randomly. And that, that scene that you're talking about, it just, it makes me so uncomfortable. Like I almost had to like leave the room right? because it's just an uncomfortable feeling that just it hitting the cup over. It's yeah. just it's so like, yeah, that sound it's effect, cool. it starts bringing you, you become hypnotized by it too. Yeah. Right. But it's like that horror where you're saying, no, get up, get up. Or get out, get out. <laughs> but, but, you know, you get sucked into it. You're watching it happen and you just want to reach through the, like in every horror, like, don't go in there. It's that kind yeah. of moment of, you know, that horror movie. It's just, it's just a perfect, pitch perfect horror movie and, and, and with the added bonus of all the metaphor, you know, like the, you know, we've said before the the George Romero zombie movies are all, you know, metaphor about society. And, you know, a lot of that, well, George Romero's Martin is a beautiful metaphor of society. You know, all of these ways in which genre films can reflect ourselves back to ourselves in a way that, you know, straight contemporary drama or comedy struggles to do. That's a good one for 2017 and probably at the top of a lot of people's list too. that in it literally, I think, changed the face of horror. And that yeah. all happened in, in 2017. Right. Everybody knows Jordan Peele, obviously, from Key and Peele, right. the comedy duo. And this came out of nowhere, really. But he's got a like, horror-centric past. He's a huge horror freak, isn't oh, yeah. he, Leo? Yeah, absolutely. He, I mean, the movies that he cites as his favorites are um, the ones that we like. He, he, I mean, he'll look at movies like The Exorcist or... Mind the Living Dead, you know, all the good stuff that we like. He's also been given the reins to the Twilight Zone adaption. Yep. That should be coming out it's probably in 2018, I would assume. Yeah, I think so. It's going to be like, what, a so. CBS exclusive, right? Yeah. Uh, it's a CBS All Access exclusive, but those are big shoes to fill, man, uh, you know, but I mean, if anybody's going to, you know, give it a, you know, a solid shot, it's going to be, it's going to be him. Leo, how about you, man? Best of 2017. Cool. You know what? My best came on a cold October night. And that's when we went to Warner Brothers Studios for the Festival of Frights Horror Made Here. That was my pick. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's fine. We can I, share it. Oh, man. I, I mean, okay. That was I, a great one, man. Dude, I was there, too. That was really something I, cool. I had, like, you know, I had average ex expectations. Well, you it's know? because they never, they've done Horror Made Here tours, I believe, at Warner Brothers right. in the past. But this is the first time they really experimented with almost turning it into a haunted attraction. Yes. Which yeah. is very cool. Yes. So the cool thing is, you know, when you get dropped off by the tram, you're dropped off in Stars Hollows, right? Yeah. It's the set from uh, Gilmore, Gilmore Girls. Girl. Yeah. So you're like, you know, just walking around. You have a couple choices. You can jump on another tram to take the tour at night, or you can wander through Stars Hollows. And they had set up three, actually four haunted attractions. And that's what kind of blew my mind. The first one we went to was the Elm Street 
It was so awesome to see Lauren turn white (laughs) when she saw Freddy Krueger. Now, when I say Freddy Krueger, I mean Freddy Krueger because it it wasn't just some theme park actor. No, the The makeup guy, the makeup on this guy looked like Robert Englund. Yeah, it It wasn't a mask. They weren't wearing masks. They were really. It was so legit. Wow. I mean, Lauren was in front of me walking. She turned white, and I was just waiting for her to collapse. It was so like it was. so scary for me. <laughs> it was like a nightmare. It was done up like a school set. Yeah, it was, so it was like a high school, a high school, high school scene. Yeah, right. Yeah. It was almost like he could smell my fear. Yeah, I mean, and he, and he did. They, he ugh, did. they came after me. Yeah, yeah. of course they and came they after me. Not- was it was it Freddy Krueger inviting you in? Did he have like the gloves and waving his finger? And- <laughs> no, it, it was like the it was like a high school, right? And you know, I guess just, picture it as if you fell asleep in class or something, yeah. maybe. And you woke uh, up, and then you were in yeah nightmare at high school. Yeah, but right. he'd have his gloves and he'd like snap it in your face, like or just pop out and pop out of a locker right. or whatever. Yeah. you know. It was. I, I kind of closed my eyes through half of it. <laughs> it was. It was very short. I admit, like the maze was very short, yes. but it was very it was, intense, it was and intense. it really felt like, dude, it was. It scary. really felt like you're in the movie. I know a lot of haunts, you know, don't really give you that feeling. Very few do, but this one really felt like you stumbled onto. Dude, it, it was scary because uh, the scare actors, you know, the ones that were bloodied on the floor, being dragged away, mm-hmm. were screaming bloody murder, and I was yeah. like, shit. <laughs> I, got, I, I got goosebumps because yeah. I'm like. Those were like actors acting, you know what I'm saying? Not just some kid, you know, paid to, you know, be bloodied up. It's like, it wasn't made to scare you. And it was effective. Yeah. And for being the first time that Warner Brothers has ever kind of done the haunt thing. Right. It really gave you an idea of like the potential. Yes. Of what this event could be as it expands. Oh, wow. And if they do it again right. next year, which I really hope they oh, do. Oh, man. They, they better. Yeah. Because I'll tell you, the, the, the very next thing we went to was a conjuring house. And it was like, a, you're walking through the Warren's uh, house, home. And the coolest thing was they pulled off a couple gags from the movie. And uh, one of them was a scene where this random person joins our group. Just stumbled in from <laughs> the bushes. Yeah, and I don't think like, anyone was supposed to see that or notice it. Right, but she, you she know, stumbled she came in. Out of that, yeah, and then they pull that gag where like the witch comes out of the closet and just grabs her and gets pulled back. And I was just like, who? The, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I thought it was one of us that got just taken away just randomly. It scared the shit out of you. Know? Right. Yeah, they pulled her right through the closet. It was just, pretty impressive. That was wow. impressive. pretty impressive. That was a effect. really cool stunt. At the exit of that very same Conjuring house, they pulled off the, the scene from the movie of Conjuring 2 where the nun painting comes to life. That was the coolest effect. That, that scared the shit out of me. That was one of the coolest effects I've ever seen at a haunt, ever. I mean, you're looking at a painting on the wall, and that painting just starts coming out of the wall, and the, the nun <laughs> in full size just comes charging at you. Yeah. Like, wow. like oh, just, shit. just like a scene out of the movie where the fingers kind of creep. Uh, All of a sudden, you see the nun, but yes. then the fingers creep out the side of the painting. Oh, wow. And they, I don't know how they did it, Dude, but then all of a so sudden, good. the painting becomes the actual nun and wow. walks toward you. And that's Dude, kind of the climax. That was a climax. Yeah. Yeah. It was unbelievable. And, and, the, and the last thing about that was the Nebold house from It. Mm-hmm. So they. I guess they relocated the house or they rebuilt the house that they had in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah, it was identical, identical to when they had yeah. the one in, in Hollywood. They had one set up so, at the corner of like And they might have had a couple by. more rooms, right, or something. Uh, it was a little bit longer, maybe? Yeah, a little bit longer at the tail end. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. I mean, we've had seen that before, but that was fun. Overall, that event was so much fun. I would like to see that event expanded 
and give Universal a run for their money because it's like they own the rights to The Exorcist, to Nightmare on Elm Street, to just a bunch of horror movies. Conjuring, Annabelle, you know what I'm saying? They can do so much there. What they did with those special effects and the actors, it was so impressive. They also did a cool thing where they brought actual props from the movie It. They had the wagon where Pennywise does that dance yeah. Oh, yeah. in the movie. Yeah. And they had that there and for photo could, opportunities. Yeah, you could take pictures. You and do then the dance. Yes. <laughs> you could. You could do the dance. You could have done the dance. And they had great food trucks there, too. And it was just kind of cool to be on that set because a lot of movies were filmed around that set, like Monster Squad, Gremlins. Yeah. Right. So that, there was something kind of cool about that experience, too. And, and then the high school where Freddie was, that was from Pretty Little Liars. That was the Rosewood High School, which was cool to see. Um, and as well as, like, you could take pictures, like, with Pennywise in the storm drain. Like, oh, yeah. oh, wow. Yeah, right. he was poking out, and you could take pictures with him, and at the end, we got a picture with Freddy. It's actually pretty <laughs> funny. We should probably post that somewhere. Um, I look scared to death. It was just so much fun. And then the, fun. the second part of that, though, is then you have the trams that are going kind of all night, so you can right. leave the sets get on the tram and then they take you through what is normally the daytime Warner Brothers studio tour except they're just pointing out all the horror movies and horror shows that were filmed all around the lot which is great and then it drops you off it dropped you off at the museum I forget what it's called stage to screen or or something I forget what it's called and um, you you got to experience yeah script to screen screen. and then inside that they had all the stuff from Conjuring is it Conjuring 2 and Conjuring, Conjuring 1? Yeah. Or Conjuring 2, Conjuring I think. 2, and we have the Annabelle doll. Yeah, and all the stuff from It. From It, yes. Yeah, the actual clown yeah. costume, all the kids' wow. costumes, and, I mean, they have Harry Potter stuff and, you know, a bunch of stuff for you to right. do there. But it was, yeah, it was it was pretty awesome you get all that from Dude, that was, I was so impressed. Yeah. Like, I want to see that come back in 2018 a little bit bigger. Or if not a lot bigger. That was so much fun. Lauren, that was yours, so that was my my <laughs> pick. But I'm glad we talked about it and discussed it. I mean, I guess I'll do an honorable mention, right? Oh sure. I really enjoyed Reign of Terror. I enjoy it every year. Oh, that was fun. That was fun. It's this haunt in um, Thousand Oaks, and it has a hundred rooms, which is kind of crazy. Each room is different, and they have scare actors and some animatronic stuff, but it's done really well. There's a TV that's there every year, and it's got this, like, it looks like a picture, and then it turns into a really creepy person, and it scares me (laughs) every time. Really simple effect, but they just do it really well. They just, it's awesome it's 23,000 square feet and Whoa. it's above a gold's gym which is kind of random it's scary <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was like walking forever but you were always entertained always scared and you just never knew what the next room was going to hold you know, yeah just... they'd have a, like a Victorian haunted house they'd have an insane asylum they had a haunted mine that was actually this is part of my night for best of 2017 the best night of 2017 Dang. With the first part was the Reign of Terror Maze. Yeah. yeah. Also, what they're really good at is crowd control. They've m- mastered yes. the yes. art of crowd control. The worst thing in a haunt to experience is that cattle call line when you're in like 12 people deep 
and you're walking through, barely walking. You're kind of stuck there, and you're seeing the people getting a scare, um, getting scared ahead of you. You know what's coming. By the time you get to it, you either miss the scare or you've seen it three times already. Right. And that experience kind of ruins a haunted attraction for yeah. me. That's what worst. is the best is when you're going through either by yourself, you can't see anyone behind you, you right. can't see anyone in front of you. Reign of Terror make it a point to give you that experience to everybody. Wow. So yep. they actually there's actually places in them this giant twenty three thousand square foot maze oh, yeah. where they'll stop the lines. Yep. And then they'll separate the groups again just when you start getting too close to other people. Oh wow. So it's always that intimate experience that always gives you that that high yeah. that, that you get from a great haunt. One thing that the Reign of Terror people are masters at is misdirection. They do that a lot through the maze where they'll put your attention towards an animatronic, which usually don't scare me. Animatronics usually don't scare me. And they'll blast air out of the matronic. So while you're looking at the animatronic, all of a sudden there's a scare actor in the ceiling reaching right. down <laughs> or in the walls. <laughs> yep. So they have this figured out. Now, the cool thing about that, they've been doing this since 1985. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And they've been winning awards ever since they started as a yard haunt back in 85. Wait, I was five and yeah. they were doing it. Yeah. They've been doing it forever. At Gold's wow, Gym. Not at Gold's Gym. <laughs> oh, okay. They were started as a yard haunt and then they moved to a rec center in 2008. And then they moved finally to the Gold's Gym location in 2009. Another thing that gives them an advantage over a lot of haunts is that they're allowed to keep their stuff up year round. Oh. They don't have to tear it down like most and rebuild and put stuff in right. storage. They have access to their space the entire year. So all year, they can go in, add, rehearse, do whatever they need right. to. So they got this shit on lock when you go. Oh. Also, it gives them the opportunity to open up sporadically throughout the normal year. We've gone on... Uh, oh, on my birthday. Yeah, on her I birthday. Love it. And a Valentine's, <laughs> a little, a Valentine's Day a thing, right? for my That's birthday. What it was. It was awesome. It was yeah. so nice. But yeah, so that, yeah, I agree. That's best of 27. Did you have anything to add to that? No, you pretty much covered it all. Because I'll add to the second part of the second part of that very night we oh, went yeah. to in October is right when you get out of the maze, it lets you off right beside a movie theater. So that particular night, we went, I believe it was probably opening day or the day after. So I'm thinking August, uh, October 13th, October 14th. Yes. Happy Death Day. Yes. Yep. Look, I know this isn't going to make any sense. Stop global warming. I feel like I'm losing my mind. You sneaky little biash. Happy birthday. I've already lived through this day. Somebody's going to kill me today. You guys saw that too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was blown away, and that's got to be one of my picks for the best of 2017. If anything, because I did not expect to like it as much as I did. Sure. I kind of wrote it off from seeing the trailers, maybe like like a Scream, you know, those kind of Scream yeah. movies that, you know, not that Scream wasn't great, but do we need another Scream? No. So I, I was really, really taken aback by what I saw. Interesting story about this movie. It took them 10 years to make this movie. It was originally called Half to Death. When they started, oh, Michael wow. Bay was supposed to produce it. Oh, jeez. So it was 2007, oh, Michael Bay producing, Megan Fox starring. It ended up getting stuck in pre-production hell, I guess, and nothing was kind of moving on it. Eventually goes to Blumhouse in 2017, and Chris Landon signs on to direct. 
stars Jessica Roth as Tree. And basically the plot is Jessica's murdered on her birthday, has to live the same day over and over and over again, gets stuck in a time loop, uses this time loop to figure out her murder. Really cool mix of Friday the 13th and Groundhog Day. Also a little bit of Heathers and Mean Girls thrown in. I thought that it was so funny. Jessica was hilarious. Her facial expressions, a lot of lines that were really funny that I liked in the movie were actually her improving, which I learned, oh, wow. which oh. are great. The mask was amazing. It was originally supposed to be a pig mask. It was designed by, all the masks were designed by Tony Gardner, who's actually the person who designed the masks in Scream. So he was hired to design the mask. It Very was cool. supposed to be pig. Chris Landon, his wife was pregnant at the time they were doing pre-production. So he said he had babies on the mind. (laughs) It ended up being a baby mask. (laughs) One other thing to note in in the trailer, her ringtone is 50 cents in the club. Yes. Go shorty. It's your birthday. That's right. They couldn't afford to pay for the rights to use that in the actual film. So their music supervisor made something up that became her (laughs) ringtone in the movie that everybody wants as their ringtone now. That's funny. That's really funny. funny. But yeah, that would be uh, beat my pick for 2017, which ends us at Rachel. Woohoo. Yeah. Well, mine is something I've been wanting to see for a very, very long time. I feel very fortunate I was able to see this, which was Elvira at Not Scary Farm. Oh, nice. cool. I love her so much and I'm just so happy I got to see her. I know it's the sad thing is that it's like it's her last show at Not Scary Farm and she's been doing it on and off since the 70s. And since all, the 70s? Yep, That's since the awesome. 70s. Yeah, wow. on and off. I mean, she looks insane. She looks exactly no, That's great. Crazy. <laughs> and she's just so funny and like so yeah. fabulous. And I'm just her show was uh, about a 30 minute show and it had like dancers and smoke and sexiness and her on the couch and video uh, cutaway of um, like sketches like interactive sketches oh, really? Austin was there too yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was really fun yeah it was just great it was just when it was over I was like oh no I could have watched her like you know the whole night so wow. do you really think it's going to be her very last year did she say anything or address anything she about did. it she, yeah she did yeah yeah she said this is it yeah she said that actually she is um, moving on to do other projects this will give her more time to do other projects okay she's gonna do um possibly an animated tv show oh, wow an autobiography as well as another um actually like a live tv show so she's working on different things right now so oh, wow. like the macabre theater like or like a variety show yeah or, possibly i hope so yeah I yeah so. that'd be great yeah i just it sounds like there'd be more elvira coming it, it so sounded because the show was kind of like a it was like a vaudeville it was kind of a variety show yeah right it was like a vaudeville-y kind of it was really fun you know what we've been in lorne and i make it a point to go to knots every single year Every single year, we somehow miss Elvira. And which she's gone. And now it is it, right? You missed her for the last time. It's ridiculous. I'm going to blame our children. On <laughs> well, I remember the closest we got, the closest we got, we were sitting in the theater. Yes. With Cousin April. Well, that's right. Uh, Cousin April yeah, was there. She was there. That's so we're right. we sitting in the theater with Cousin April. And then Elvira was literally like probably a minute to stage. Yeah. And then Lauren was like, my boobs hurt. I got to go breastfeed. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah. And by the way, speaking of Elvira's TV shows, I highly recommend... Well, I don't know if I highly recommend it. <laughs> she did. She did. <laughs> she did a uh, a pilot that you can now watch on YouTube. 
No way. God bless YouTube. She did a pilot probably in the 90s, I would say. Maybe late 80s. Around the time of her movie, the first movie. Yes. Okay. Um, which I do, I recommend both movies. They're beautifully cheesy and mm-hmm. wonderful yeah. and just get better with age yeah. as far as I'm concerned. But she did a pilot where uh, her, she's a witch and uh, her, is it her mother or her aunt? They live in a small town and uh, and they have a talking cat and it's like a total sitcom mm-hmm. it's super cheesy it's it's lousy with puns and sexual <laughs> innuendo it's everything that, that elvira is <laughs> yep, yep. and she her delivery and her she's wonderful the writing is okay but but like her and the character and everything it's great it's on youtube and it's totally worth watching all right it's, i gotta watch this it's tonight. worth going it'll start you down an elvira youtube rabbit hole <laughs> <laughs> and you will not regret the three days <laughs> three days bend down there <laughs> the movies were actually really good they are i love those They're movies so fun but the first one was just elvira mistress of the dark i yeah. believe that was yes. called and the second one was elvira's haunted hills <laughs> Of course. <laughs> <laughs> totally unapologetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, our guest from this episode, Bridget Marquardt, when she was on, um, what was the show called again? Becoming Elvira? Search the, for the Next Elvira. Yeah. Yeah. Search for the Next, the next Elvira. Elvira. Yeah, yeah. Which she addressed. Uh, she has addressed that show in interviews. Oh, she has? Yeah. And... Uh, I've never seen the show, but... Uh, That's another thing. You could watch episodes, is episodes it on, YouTube? on YouTube all yeah, over. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, more rabbit holes. And the, Yeah, Bridget actually gets to recreate a scene, the pendant scene from Elvira's Haunted Hills as part of one of her challenges. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so you got to go look that up for sure. That's yeah, good. I have an honorable mention, though. Yes, honorable mention. Do it up, Leo. My shift is to television because television horror is very important. And I'm talking about the... TV show on Fox called The Exorcist. I am not a crazy person. I'm not saying you're crazy. There is something inside my house. It's a demon. A demon? And it's trying to take my daughter. You love that yes. show. Yes, I yes, do. I've does. not seen one episode of oh, that dude. show. dude. Okay, let me tell you. I'm, just, I'm not going to spoil it. I, I can't talk about this because it's just full of spoilers and huge spoilers. Showrunner Jeremy Slater brought this show to Fox. This show lives in the same universe as the 1973 movie and the uh, Emily Rose as well. So he threw in a little hint that it's like, hey, Emily Rose happened. And guess what? The 1973 movie happened. They're part of the same universe. That's all I can say. The events that took place in the 1973 movie take place in the universe. Yes. But it's a contemporary story. It's a present day story. Interesting. A family in Chicago. That's all I can say. Season one, you could probably catch it on Hulu or Fox.com, whatever it is. Season two just ended and uh, had a brand new cast, brand new location that took place off the coast of the Pacific Northwest. Very cool storyline. Once again, I, I cannot spoil it. It had a very cool ending. And episode three was directed by Ty West. Ooh, oh, wow. Nice. And I'll tell you, when you see that opening scene, it has his D, it's, it's got his, his DNA all over that episode. Nice. But a very cool spin on what you think is another possession, demonic, whatever episode. Ty West just turned it upside down on his head. Very cool episode three check it out but watch the whole series this show 
needs the love. People need to watch this so they can bring it back for season three. And the crazy thing about this show is they're pushing buttons. They're pushing limits. They're showing things that you, you're like, wait a minute. I'm watching this on network TV. That is like not supposed to be mentioned. Mm. Not supposed to see that. It's, it's, it's dark. It's very dark. It's great. It's very well written, acted, and directing. But unfortunately, they keep putting this show on a Friday night, which is a graveyard for TV shows. So the ratings have always been low. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But the ratings have always been low. So it's one of those things where it survived a first season, which, by the way, had Gina Davis in it. Uh, And it survived the second season. And it's because word of mouth, horror fans like us are watching it online. They're streaming it. And they care, and they're writing, they're tweeting, they're posting, they're hashtagging, and Fox has been seeing that. And they're like, okay, season two, greenlit. So now the same thing is happening, where they're trying to greenlit season three. So super important, you're a horror fan, if you love the first movie, not just the movie, but the whole story of the, actually the novel, I forgot to mention that, the novel and the original movie, it's, it's, it's all a part of this series. Watch it. Hey, this is right. some serious horror homework yeah. right there. <laughs> <laughs> totally worth it. What an excellent day for an exorcism. Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Joining us in the speakeasy studio with the Boo Crew, you know her from watching her adventures while living at the Playboy Mansion on six seasons of E's hit reality show, The Girls Next Door. Also, Bridget's sexiest beaches on the Travel Channel, Yahoo's Animal Nation, and the search for the next Elvira. She made appearances on Celebrity Paranormal Project and Celebrity Ghost Stories. She has launched Bridget, a lifestyle channel for fun people on YouTube. She's also got an Etsy store, Celebrate with Bridget, and even has her own line of Halloween costumes out. She's the biggest horror fan. She's also explored, visited, and investigated some of the world's most haunted locations. We are thrilled to welcome Bridget Marquardt. Thank you. That was quite an introduction. I forgot some of those things. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. You have a very storied resume. It's amazing. You've been busy. So tell us about the first thing you remember experiencing or seeing that turned you into a horror fanatic. Oh, Gosh, that is really hard to say because it started when I was really, really young. My favorite thing to do was to watch scary movies and I would have my cousins come over and spend the night. We always said, we're going to stay up all night and watch scary movies. And we never made it all night. And I would just scare the crap out of my cousins. And I just thought that was so much fun to have them come over and they would be so scared. I'd be scared too, but not as much as they were. Right, right. So kind of like a social fun thing. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So it started really young. And my parents were cool about it. They didn't care that we were watching horror movies. Like slasher films and we're like eight. Right, right, right. <laughs> was there one movie in particular that you remember really affecting you or making you go, wow, I really love these movies? I mean, just some of the classics. We loved Friday the 13th and uh, Halloween and just some of those classics like that. So it's all the slasher movies. Yeah, it started with slasher and now I love just, you know, scary or thriller too. It doesn't have to be slasher, but I still love those. <laughs> right. <laughs> have there been those movies you've seen that don't leave you where you finish it and you're like, oh my gosh, 
I can't even get up out of my chair right now. Absolutely. Like, take away a bad There's experience. one that I had to like turn off. We were, I was watching it with my boyfriend and um, my fiance now, and it's The Strangers. Mm. Oh, that's oh, yeah. yeah. Liv Tyler? Yeah. yeah, and I love that movie, but I was so scared watching it, and we were both scared, and I had the blankets pulled up, and I was like stifling a scream, <laughs> and he was like, you know what? That's it. We're turning this off. And I was like, no, no, no. I love it, though. I, I wonder. He's like, I can't do it anymore. I can't. So we turned it off, and then we watched it in the daytime the next day, finished it. Right, right, and now right. I love that movie, but every time I watch it, the suspense just, like, kills me. Yeah, that one's intense. Also, because that movie is based in part on a true story as well. Yes, yes. And anything based on true stories instantly freaks me out. It makes it so much more creepy. So tell us about how you became known as the Queen of Halloween. Oh, well, that's a kind of self-imposed title. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I love it more than most people I know. Right. And I'm into it way more than most people I know. I love to decorate and I get super elaborate with it. I hate to say that in front of you guys because I look at your house and I'm like, <laughs> well, mine, mine isn't like this. But at Halloween time, I really go, you know, overboard on it. And all the horror movies and I love the paranormal side of it and just investigating and I just do so much in that kind of genre. Right. It's, it's just my favorite thing. So That's so cool. Yeah, you built, built your life around it, really. I have. I go to the Halloween conventions. Yeah. I'm like, Very cool. <laughs> you know what's funny is that we'd all go see horror movies together and then we found we were spending time, more time talking about what we just saw than actually watching the movie, actually. And then we'd, we'd all get together and go to all the haunts and everything. And one thing is so funny is almost every haunt that we've ever been to, especially me and Lauren, we always end up seeing you like a, a universal horror nights. We'll be on the escalator. Oh, there, there goes Bridget from uh, Girls Next Door or Midsummer Scream convention or yes, Monster Palooza. All, all those things are everywhere. That is so cool. That's so cool. So you actually got to work on a couple horror movies. One you actually produced and that was 2009's anthology film, The Telling. And you worked yeah. with that on who would later become your fiance, Nick Correct. Carpenter. And yeah. Jeff Burr, who is really well known among genre enthusiasts because he did Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 and some of the Full Moon Puppet Master movies and the second Pumpkinhead. What did you learn going in as a as a fan to all of a sudden producing and starring in a horror film? I just learned how much fun it is and how much I want to do that more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I really enjoyed doing it. That was a really fun project. It started out as just um, something we were kind of doing as a Girls Next Door episode and we didn't really think we were going to get the movie made but we actually did get distribution for it and some good people on board. So it was nice. kind of a, a fluke, but it was it was fun. And you were also in a movie, Cottontail. Oh my gosh, yes, I forgot about that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was murdered in that one too. That's awesome. That's I think awesome. I died in both those. Oh, spoiler alert. I, right. was, yeah. I died in both of those. <laughs> hey, it's, no, it's no fun if you don't get murdered. <laughs> right. No, That's every I horror fan's to. dream, right? To be yeah. killed in a horror movie. Next, I need to be the killer. So you were absolutely hilarious on the search for the next Elvira. Oh, thank you. It was you. so awesome. They're doing the phony challenges. I saw you were trying to what, get people to drink coffee at Universal yeah, Studios and right? fill out your little black book. And then one of the coolest things, though, you got to sit on Elvira's couch and do a mock intro a for snake. a horror film with a 
with a snake crawling yeah. on you. Mm-hmm. That was intense. I don't mind snakes as long as I know they're not poisonous. Right. I don't mind You're fine them. With them. Yeah, wow. I'm totally fine with them. Oh my gosh. No. hate spiders though. I don't love spiders. <laughs> <laughs> but my engagement ring is a spider. Ooh, so I don't awesome. I don't hate all of them. Uh, <laughs> Did you help pick out that engagement ring or is your I husband just so rad or hints. fiance so rad that I heavy hints. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as far as uh, I just want to go to, back to Elvira for a sec because she's yeah. so iconic. I mean I she's actually her. just as iconic I would argue as the universal classic monsters. She's up there. Like, everybody yeah. knows Elvira. What does Elvira mean to you? Were you a big fan going into that show? And you know, who does she represent to you as far as just being a horror fan? I love Elvira or Cassandra. I know her as Cassandra mm-hmm. too. We've actually become friends since then. I go to, and watch her at Not Scary Farm and everything. I, I mean, I grew up obviously watching some bits and pieces of some of what she did. Not not a ton of it, but I always admired her. Everyone used to say, oh, you should do like the Elvira thing. And so I'm like, oh, that'd be so fun. So when the opportunity came up, I mean, I almost wasn't allowed to do it because I was living at the mansion that time and Hef doesn't really let us do things like that. Right. But he was like, okay, it's too perfect. Go ahead. Well, and you made it pretty and, far. And he knew Elvira. Vira too, so it was kind of all in the family. Yeah. Well, I did make it pretty far, but then I got voted off for being too blonde. <laughs> too blonde. Yeah. Wow, what a problem. See, but I was going for nobody can replace her, right. so you just got to be like there your you own thing there that's similar in yeah. that. That's but true. the other girls like dressed like her and had their hair like her and stuff like that. I was like, I'm not going there with that. What happened to the person who won that show? I would like to know too. Because right. <laughs> she definitely didn't become the next Elvira. No, Elvira is still doing Elvira it, right? Elvira is still Elvira. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. And so you mentioned not Scary Farm and her performing. I think Austin and Rachel ended up checking out. Was it her very last performance? It was. At Nots, yeah, yeah. Right? This year. Yeah, we went yeah down there. I know. Yeah. It was sad, it was but great. it was amazing. It was yeah. so it was so much fun to see. And she looks so good. She does. And she does so she good. She still got it. She looks it, the 100%. exact same as when I was a kid growing up. So what is it about doing all the haunts and that sort of stuff that you like so much too? Well, I love to be scared. Yeah. So I always hope when I go that I'm going to get scared when I go in there and I don't usually get too scared so I always bring a scaredy cat friend because then that makes it super <laughs> fun for me. Surrogate, surrogate scared. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so, so what scares you though? The going to like real haunted places. Oh. Then I get scared. Yeah. But not, I'm I'm super brave about it too but there's things that I'm, I get scared about. I love going to Knott's and all those places and yeah. I just like being just even the smell of the plastic and the latex yeah. and stuff. Like I just get excited by that smell. Me too. It does, it does have that props. smell. Yeah. yeah. And the, and the, the like the, the fog, exactly. Like yeah. people yeah. are like, yeah, right. Yes. The yes. smell of the gas from yeah. the chainsaw. <laughs> like nothing like that. Oh, true. Like people it's walk true. through the fog and they're like gagging. I'm like, ah, smell that fresh fog air. <laughs> and the cool thing about LA, I don't know how it is. Yeah, I'm not very well traveled. I don't know how it is in other parts of the world, but in LA, Halloween starts like when Universal kicks off in the middle of September and goes until like the first week of November. I swear it's earlier every year. Yeah. It used to be my birthday is September 25th and it always used to be that weekend was opening weekend mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and now it's middle of September. Mm-hmm. Have you tried any of those like extreme haunts that people do? Not really. Yeah. I did the the um is it Blumhouse or Bloomhouse one? Oh a yeah. Of 
years yeah. ago where yeah. you had to like go up and they actually had like guns to your head, made you get on your knees, get in the back of a truck oh, and like geez. do all these oh, things wow. and wow. stuff. But nothing where like that one they talk about in San Diego that right, we got to still fill out all I'm not, I'm not really interested in doing. I don't want to like. That's a little too extreme for me. Okay, have you done delusion? (laughs) (laughs) Always goes back to delusion. We always talk about delusion. I have not. (laughs) Oh my! Have you heard of it? I have. Okay. Yeah. That's. Tell me about it. Okay. So how about I always talk about this. maybe one of you guys explain it this time since well, the, the way I like to explain it is like it's like being in a horror movie okay in, in real time because there's a story so every year it's a different location a different story and there's actors that take you on this journey into this world the one they did one that was like a, it was an insane asylum or something and mm-hmm. and there's these mad doctors and so you get put in a room and you go wait here until someone comes and gets you they leave shut the door and after like five minutes where you're in with your whole group group and it's just you know we're trying to figure out what's going on suddenly another door bursts open someone comes in and says oh thank god you're here quick come with me we have to get out okay and yeah. then you're on this adventure and you're just the actors are leading you through these you know different different events and sometimes there's puzzles that you have to solve like escape right. room kind of stuff and yeah. it's super interactive and and you don't know what's going to happen next it's it's really engaging it's really fun that's fun so yeah. i haven't done that one but i did do sleep no more in new york oh i've heard of that oh which yeah was, which is similar I think, yeah, to what yeah, same idea. Yeah. And it was amazing. It wow. was a really amazing experience. So what's so, that? Is that like kind of like a similar thing with a theater production that you become a part of? Or Yeah, it's like there was this huge warehouse, like four levels, and you walk through, and you kind of walk through on your own, but there's different things taking place, and sometimes they'll grab you and pull you away from everything, and there's things you have to solve, and you have to dig through drawers or like suitcases to like, like a lady will be doing a suitcase, and she'll throw all her stuff in there, and she'll see a letter, and she'll put it in there, and then something will distract her, and she'll walk away. You have to like go through her suitcase and read the letter and That's try and like awesome. find out what's going on and try and put everything together like that. Wow. It's really cool. So what brought you into the world of actually, okay, let's kick it up a notch from haunts and Halloween and everything. Let's start going to real haunted places. Well, I think my first dabble in not haunted houses, but just in that side of things was playing with a Ouija board. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't recommend it and I don't do it anymore. Wow. But um, we were like 12 and it was my cousin and I and we pulled out a Ouija board and my great grandfather had just passed away and then her sister's boyfriend had also recently passed away so we reached out to them and supposedly we were communicating with them but I kept accusing her of doing it and she was accusing me of doing it classic right so we never really like believed or anything and then after we got done she had these weird marks on her leg like kind of like X's or crosses which really freaked her out I mean Uh she can't even talk about it to this day without like getting tears in her eyes and doesn't like to talk about it I don't know what that was I don't know if it was related but it was just weird and then um, I started seeing my great grandfather after that. Just weird stuff. Enough to where my grandma was like, I think you need to go talk to somebody. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of state was he in when you'd see him? It varied, but it wasn't him. I'm convinced it wasn't him because there was just some, there was something evil about the feeling that I got. Nothing bad happened, but there was something just not right that I felt when I saw him. It was scary rather than being reassuring or happy to see him. So I don't think it was him. Wow. I'm kind of curious when you did see him was there any part of him missing when you see somebody like that as an apparition or you know sometimes they say well there's, there's something missing like the arm was missing or 
you know, something odd about that? It's possible. My story started with like a my the door kept opening and closing, and I'd go and close it. Like I came home from school, and the and the oh, back no. door opened, and I went and shut it. And this happened like three or four times. And I kept going back and shut. Finally, I locked it. I was like, "What is wrong? With, why isn't the door staying shut?" And then as I was coming out, I saw him sitting kind of like on the hamper, <laughs> and um, wow, his eyes were really blue. I just remember that because his eyes weren't blue in real life, and that mm-hmm. kind of freaked me out. They were. Huh. Uh, kind of a really creepy blue color like just kind of icy and glaring oh wow and so I don't feel like I got a close enough look to notice if there was something missing or maybe he wasn't even sitting maybe the lower half was just missing right but I glanced and saw it and then felt really really scared and then glanced back and it was gone and, wow. it, and then, wow. like, little things like that would happen. And I don't know if it was just a really overactive imagination from playing with the Ouija board or if something was really going on. But it went on for a long time and then finally just tapered off and haven't seen him since. Obviously, you lived in the Playboy Mansion, and that's got a very storied past. It was built in, like, 1927. I'd heard at one time you were even thinking of writing a book about the ghosts of the Playboy Mansion. I did. I started that book, and I was doing tons of research on it, but I just never, never put it together. What is the paranormal history of the Playboy Mansion? Well, there's a ghost story at the Playboy Mansion about the original owner, Mrs. Letts, that she was thrown or fell from the balcony onto the marble floor and died. But that's why I was going downtown. I was researching at the library. I was going down to where you can get all the records. I think it's in like Hawthorne or something like that. or mm-hmm. And pulling all the like the death certificates and stuff like that. And I can't find anything that legitimizes that story in any way. Right. But that's the legend of it. So everyone says, oh, the mansion's haunted because of that. But even if it's not her that's haunting, there are some weird things that have happened in there. Hef had this assistant named Joni, and I met her when I went and tested way before I lived there. I went and tested for Playboy, and I stayed at the mansion for a few days, and I met Joni, and Joni was, like, really helpful and really sweet and helped me through everything. And when I went back and was actually, like, living there, they had told me that Joni died. She had cancer. She refused to go to the doctor, refused to admit anything was wrong, and then she just ended up dying from it. When I was living at the mansion, right after I got Winnie, my dog, uh, I had a little cage set up, fencing set up for her, and I had her in there right by the doorway that goes into the bathroom. And my friend Stacy was in there and my sister was in there. And we were all sitting on my bed. We were watching TV. And all of a sudden, I saw something out of the corner of my eye standing in that doorway. But I wasn't alone to see it. My sister saw it and Stacy saw it too. And I looked and they all, and my sister goes, just put her hands up by her head like this and started closing her eyes. And she's like, oh. what was that? What was that? What was that? What was that? And she was like, started crying. Wow. And Stacy's like, what was that? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just so glad I'm not the only one that saw it because you guys would think I was crazy. But so once I fully looked at that doorway, it was gone. But out of the corner of my eye, what I think I saw was a woman who was very, very thin, very pale, and had black stringy hair, which is exactly how Joni looked when I met her. But I was also told that's sort of how Mrs. Letts looked, too. Mm. I don't know. But um, I saw her in the doorway, I think. I think she was just coming to see the new puppy in the house because she loved all the animals. Mm. She was excited for me when I had been there before. So I just think that there was like a connection there. I know you also went and investigated something that was strange going on at Holly's house. I did. She was um, had a guest house. Her main house but there was a guest house that workers would leave and be like, you should tell me that there's something going on in there. They would just 
And she was like, I don't know what's going on. So I was like, oh, I'm going to come with my ghost hunting kit. So I went out there. It was uh, our friend Ashley, Holly, and I. And we went in the house and we were investigating. And I brought my voice recorder, the little camcorder, and um, my EMF meter. And we were just walking around. And we weren't really getting that much. So the spot where I got like the highest EMF meter, I'm like, let's just sit down right here in this room and, and ask a few questions, see if we get anything. We weren't getting that much. I was getting kind of bored. And I was like, if, you, if something's here, make a noise. And then we heard like a click. Was that you? If something's here, make a tapping noise. And we hear a tap again. And they're like, oh my God, I think that that's a sign. <laughs> and I'm like, but I, I'm not convinced. I feel like that's almost something electronic going on. It just happens, the timing just happens to be right. I feel like that's something coming in from that little kitchenette. And so um, I was like, if something's here, tap me. And they're like, oh God, don't do that. No, 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 no. <laughs> and all of a sudden, while they're freaking out, I felt this like flick on my back, like oh. on my shoulder blade. And I was like, I just felt something on my shoulder blade. And they're like, no. <laughs> and they're packing up and heading out. And so, oh, and I should back up. There was a psychic that was supposed to meet us there. Holly had asked the psychic to come. And at the last minute, something came up and she couldn't meet us. So we were leaving and we're driving to dinner. And the psychic calls her on her cell phone. And she's like, uh, were you guys just at the house doing the investigation and, and Holly's like yeah we just did it we did it a little earlier than we were supposed to and so she's like oh because I have the ghost of the little girl who is haunting your guest house sitting in front of me right now and she says she tapped one of you on the back oh. and I'm like oh. <laughs> proof <laughs> wow <laughs> so did Holly grab her stuff and just get out <laughs> no they remodeled it and nothing's happened since huh, huh. but supposedly it was the ghost of a little prairie girl who was accidentally shot on that property because it's close to, you know, it's Ve it's Las Vegas, so it's right. in the middle of the desert, but there's a spring nearby, this housing development. And so back in the wagon days, they would stop at the spring and get water and camp and that kind of stuff. And supposedly she was accidentally shot and then buried there, according to the psychic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you had an opportunity to go visit what's rumored to be the most haunted location in America, which would be Myrtle's Plantation in Louisiana. Have you been? I've never been. Anybody been? No. no. I want to go, though. <laughs> <laughs> or do, or do you not recommend yeah. I highly recommend it. It's the scariest night of my life. Uh, really? And I don't get that scared. Like, it takes a lot for me to get scared. And I was so scared. So when you go there, is it like a museum? What is it set up like? It's sort of set up bed and breakfasty kind mm. of. It was a little different. It's weird. I've watched documentaries on this place. I've read the book twice. Taken as much information about the Myrtle's Plantation as I possibly could. And I was still shocked when I went there about how it's set up, which I was weird because I even know what the doorknobs are made out of, wow. you know, <laughs> like I know a lot about this house. So I was like, how do I not know everything, how this was going to go down? But uh, you get there and you sign in in like this gift shop thing. And then I got the room that has the staircase and the, the main entryway as part of your room. And you, I didn't realize, but we were the only ones that have access to that. Which is pretty big deal if you want to be there for ghost hunting and stuff. Right. Right. So I was so glad that I got that room. Then everybody else's room has private entrances to go in. And then the rest of the house where you would get a tour during the day is completely shut off to all guests. So you never actually really see anybody else unless you're walking around on the grounds and happen to run into somebody. Right. I thought it was going to be more bed and breakfast style where like we all go downstairs. We have breakfast in the dining room sure. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. No, you're very isolated there. And then the people go home, but they leave you an emergency number if anything goes down. So that was my first <laughs> indication that stuff happens here that people are like fully 
Celine in the middle wow. of the night or something. Probably goes to a voicemail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> so uh, we got this amazing room with the haunted mirror, the haunted stairs, all that stuff. I was so excited. Got out my ghost hunting kit. Before it even got dark, we were upstairs and I heard the footsteps on the stairs that everybody talks about hearing. And I was like, oh, did you hear those footsteps? <laughs> Nobody else can be in our area. Nobody else can go up those stairs. So I open up the door. Nobody's there, just as they said. And I'm like, no oh, way. No. I asked my boyfriend, did you hear that? And he's like, I heard, totally heard it. I mean, stomping up the stairs. So that was no big deal. I wasn't scared. I was just excited. We're going to get stuff, you know. <laughs> and then um, later, so we're, we're, it's dark now. Everybody's gone. We're investigating the mirror. We wait till like, you know, 11 or midnight. Went out to dinner beforehand. So then we're, we're investigating it and nothing is happening. I mean, the EMF meter is not even moving. I was like, I was even checking the batteries. I was checking to make sure it was still on. I'm like, is it even, it's not making anything, which is unusual. Usually hmm. the green light kind of blinks or whatever. Right. Nothing. And so he's got it all over the mirror. And then we heard something in somebody else's room and it scared the crap out of us. He threw the EMF meter across the room. <laughs> like, and then that scared the person in the other room. And I heard them go running. And so we're just like scaring each other. And I'm just like, nothing's happening. This is this is horrible. So we're up and I was like, we have to stay up late. You know, maybe something happens later. We're playing games on the iPad. I, I didn't even occur to me that there was no TV. And I like to fall asleep to the TV. Mm-hmm. My boyfriend was super excited because he hates having a TV on. <laughs> but I was like super bummed there was no TV to fall asleep on. I was like, fine, let's just go to bed. So we crawl in bed, shut off the lights. Little time goes by and all of a sudden we hear like stomping up the stairs again. And then we hear like squeaking outside our door. And then we hear like little kids playing. And then we hear what sounds like furniture moving. Oh, and then we, and then you just feel this heavy presence like something was in the room I was so scared I was like I can't open my eyes and every time we heard a noise I was like did you hear that he's like I heard it I heard it and then he would hear something did you hear that I'm like I heard it oh my god and I was closed I had my eyes closed so tight oh wow and I mean things would just went nuts things went nuts and I was too scared to get up I could not get out of bed I could not get there was no way I was going to open my eyes because there was something in our room I don't know what, but there was oh, something geez. in there. I was so positive. And then I had to pee really bad. <laughs> and I was like, what time is it? Oh, wait, before that, before that. So I'm laying there and I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And I'm closing my eyes. And then all of a sudden we heard this electronic noise in the room. And we opened our eyes. The EMF meter was just lit up and flashing and just like going nuts. And he's like, your EMF meter's making noises. Well, it doesn't make noise. I'm like, it doesn't make noise. It's not, it's not bad. But it is all lit up, so something's going on right now, and you can just hear stuff going on in the house. I don't even know how to explain, like just people moving about and stuff. And and I, I we didn't know what the electronic thing was at that time. And I'm like, what time is it? And it was like three something. I'm like, oh my god, it's like Devil's Hour. <laughs> The, the blankets over my head and hiding and then just sitting there sweating it out for like an hour and then finally I just felt like a peace come over the room and I was like oh, it's over it's over it's over can you feel that the, the relief in the room it's over and he was like, I guess, I mean, I don't know, that was pretty intense and stuff. And I was like, you have to come with me to the bathroom still, because I don't know. <laughs> so it was like kind of far. I mean, the room is really spread out. It was kind of far and around a corner. And I was like, I'm not going uh, back there by myself still, even though it feels like it's gone in here. <laughs> like, it was so scary. And then the next morning we got up and we went to breakfast in the, they do like biscuits and gravy down the, in the gift shop. And they were like, so what room are you guys in? 
And I told them what room, and they were like, oh, and you guys stayed the whole night. Congratulations. You're the first ones that have finished the night in a while. And I'm like, really? Why? And he's like, well, the last people left around one in the morning, <laughs> took all their stuff and left. And then before that, it was two twin girls. They were women, though. And um, one of them said that somebody was holding her down oh. on the bed. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, I know. <laughs> no. That's just that's, that's way too, that's too much. That's too much. It yeah. was yeah, so much. intense. Would, that, wow. would you say that's the most real yes. evidence that you've ever experienced. So what's, yes. what's the story? Why? It has a lot of different stories. There's a story about a slave that lived there who was having an affair. She was the mistress of the plantation owner and he cut off her ear and then she poisoned the kids and then the kids died and the wife died eating this like poisoned cake with oleander and so then they killed the slave girl, Chloe, oh. and there's pictures of her. Actually, people have taken pictures of the house and have seen her in their photos. Um, there's so the the kids, the mom, the Chloe. There's civil war history there. So sure. there's civil war soldiers that people see. There's um, the next people that were living there. The husband went down to something, came, rode up on a horse and came knocking on the door. He opened the door and they shot him. The footsteps you hear, they only go to the 17th step because that's where he died on the 17th step. So it's his footsteps supposedly that you're hearing. Oh, so when you were wow. saying you had access to the staircase, that's the staircase that's you're talking stairs, about. stairs, yeah, that he died on. And then supposedly people see stuff in the mirror. Yeah, you mentioned there was something with the mirror. And the mirror has these weird streaks on it that they can never get off, even though they have it taken that down and professionally cleaned and stuff the streaks just come right back and people see a face in those streaks and people think it's blood streaks and, oh. and there's all kinds of stories I don't wow. know wow. and then there's a book that a lady wrote who bought the house and, and she's the one who turned it into a bed and breakfast and she has crazy <laughs> stories she's the one that made me want to go there <laughs> do you think do you, like I see a Disney version of this where the ghosts are just sort of you know just a troop just like an acting right. troop of ghosts that and they're are, just having yeah, fun with it deal with the uh, bed and breakfast people? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, I'd like to believe that next time I got there. I'll tell myself that. This is just an acting right. troupe because we're all good here. Right, an acting troupe of ghosts. <laughs> the one place I've always wanted to check out is the Winchester Mystery House. I've never even been there. Oh, I've been there a million times. Yeah. For those who don't know the story of the Winchester Mystery House, it's in San Jose, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah Winchester, so she is the heir to the Winchester Rifle Company. It was her husband who owned that company, and he died and she also lost a child super young maybe even in childbirth but it was really really young and um, she felt that it was people the spirits getting revenge on her for all the death that her the guns had taken so she was consulting psychics and that kind of stuff and they were telling her that she needed to keep building to keep the spirits happy so she built this enormous crazy labyrinth of a house with like weird things she would put in to trick the spirits like staircases that lead to nowhere doors that open up and fall off the second floor <laughs> um, and then there's weird patterns too like 13 bathrooms and 13 sets of stairs and 13 this and 13 that you know lots of patterns like that she had a seance room in the house where she would get guidance of what she should do next and she was told never to stop building and then she was caught in that house during the 1906 earthquake and she thought that was another sign so I don't know if she was crazy or if she was just really getting haunted by these things but there's a movie coming out about her in January yes. with Helen Mirren. That's right. I'm super excited to go yeah. see it. Have you investigated that house? Or I have. Not on my own. I'm from Northern California, so mm-hmm. I've gone there tons of times. And then I went there with Yahoo. I did a six-part Halloween series for Yahoo, and we went, and we didn't do like an actual investigation, but I got to go around on my own. We got to talk about with the, the people there about their ghosts and stories. 
stories and stuff like that that happened there. So it was really fun. Wow. One story that I keep hearing about that fascinates me locally is the Los Feliz Murder House. Have you heard oh, about that? In there, yeah. Tell me more. You guys know the history of that Oh, wait, that is house? it the Christmas one? Yes, yes, oh, yes, that, yes, yeah, exactly. yes, yes, yes. That house actually just sold, I think, I know. Was a couple Don't years you, ago, right? Anybody know them? <laughs> Can we get them to <laughs> Isn't it a friend of Dr. Drew? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's right. We got to text him. Yeah, yeah. We got to yeah. figure it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go on an investigation there. <laughs> yeah. For those who don't know, I think it was, um, yeah, it was 1959 and it was a cardiologist who basically murdered his wife with a ball peen hammer and then chased after his kids and they woke up and said what's going on what's going on? he's like go to bed this is a, this is a nightmare and then he took a bunch of pills and killed himself and it was around december when this happened and then immediately after that the house just ended up being sold or passed on to different owners but no one ever moved into the house no one ever moved the other stuff out of the house for the longest time it was kind of a big la thing to take people to see the murder house because if you look in the window all the christmas decorations are still up the tree is still there the presents are still wrapped everything's stuck in this time capsule of what happened that night and then just a few years ago, it ended up coming onto the real estate market. Finally, the people, I guess, who who had owned it were just kind of using it as storage after a while. They wouldn't even no, no one lived there. And it finally ended up selling. But uh, yeah, that's uh, I've heard they're working on a movie based on that story as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Queen Mary. You've done a lot of work there. I have. I love the Queen Mary. What's the story behind the Queen Mary? Because it's known as the most haunted ship in the world. Well, the Queen Mary has tons of story. I mean, it was obviously used as a cruise ship for many, many years. So it had its own stories for that. But then it was also used in time of war. So it brought over, brought back war brides and the kids and wounded soldiers and everything. And it also was involved in a crash and it hit a smaller boat. And like, I forget how many sailors died. Tons though. And so it just has a lot of history of things that have happened there. And and then they do Dark Harbor every year too. Right, right, right. So they got the real ghosts and they got the fake ghosts, (laughs) which is fun. But they have a room there called B34. It's on the B deck. B deck is the most haunted deck. Things happen there for some reason. I mean, the whole ship is haunted, but B deck is just known as the one. And there's B340 is a room that for the longest time, they had cameras in. They they haven't rented out that room in decades, and they just have a camera on it 24-7. You can log on and, and see what happens in that room. Supposedly, the bed unmakes itself, like they make it, and then unmakes itself, oh, wow. and like weird things like that happen. So nobody stayed in there, and they just recently renovated it and are going to open it up to let people stay there, and I got to be the first one to spend the night in there on Halloween night. No oh, way. Wow. This past Halloween? Nobody stayed in there. Yeah, this last Halloween. Wow. Nobody stayed in there in over 25 years. Oh, my. What was that like? It was so fun. I didn't experience anything, sadly, but it was so fun and so cool. And what was the funnest part about it? So I was also working that night out of the Dark Harbor thing. I was hosting that night, so I couldn't be in the room the whole time. I told them we have to do it again where I can actually investigate and I'm in here. But what was so fun is when we were in the room, people know it's that room. They took the number off so that we wouldn't get disturbed. (laughs) But people still like it's only obvious. It's like, oh, B30. I guess this is it. But I could hear people outside going, so this room, nobody stays in here. Like, this is a super haunted room and that kind of stuff. And there's actually the main door that you go in, but there's another door, but it's kind of sealed off, but it's still a door. 
no doorknob or anything like that. And so I would go to it and then they, they were like, oh, well, go stand by the door. I heard them telling the guy, go stand by the door and we'll get a picture. And he's like, okay. And I could hear him standing there and I was like, I jiggled the door. And he's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just heard the door jiggle. And they were like, no, stop it. And he's like, no, it's serious. And they're like, no. And so then um, they were like, just take the picture, take the picture. So he goes back to get it. And I was like, jiggle, jiggle, jiggle. I was like, no, I'm serious, you guys. I heard the door jiggle. I'm not kidding. And they were gone. <laughs> but then somebody came and put a picture of the ring girl outside our door. Oh. And, like, and, and my friend was like, doesn't that scare you? And I'm like, no, I don't think the ghosts have access to a printer and tape. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So have you ever been to King Richard's Antiques? No, I don't think so. Okay, that's supposed to be seriously haunted. Like, the basement is... I mean, when we were there, people... Where is this? This is, um, it's in uh, Whittier. If you look it up, they do ghost hunting excursions and things there. And it was built in 1903, and it was a citrus packing plant. And it's now an antique mall. Oh. It's really, really cool. But the story was two workers died there when it was originally the citrus packing house. One was apparently closed into a freezer, and another one was crushed by machinery. But we usually actually go there around this time of year. People report pictures falling off walls and that sort of thing. Now, speaking of antiques, through, I think it was Bridget's Sexiest Beaches, you ended up coming face-to-face with Robert the Doll, right? I have met Robert. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leo's fascinated, you know, because that, that doll has a, a very storied history and is the basis for probably a lot of creepy doll movies, right? Chucky? Probably. probably Chucky, he's yes. probably the original. Yeah, right. right. He is. He is. And I know there's rules and things like that that you're supposed to adhere to when you're around Robert the Doll. I have a picture with him. Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop the press. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you break the rules. No. <laughs> Oh, you just have to ask permission first. Uh, okay, please tell me. You're facing Robert. You ask for permission. Yes. How do you know it's okay to take the photo? You don't really know, but you just, you, he doesn't want you to take a picture without asking. Right. Okay. Okay. So I think if you ask, you're okay. But there's all kinds of letters from people who didn't oh, ask. Yeah, I've seen those. Who feel that they are possessed now or things have happened to them that are... You know, there's a lot of those letters. Mm -hmm. What's the story with the doll? Is it supposed to be inhabited by somebody or it belonged to this little boy? It was brought over from another country. It was gifted to him and he like became obsessed with this doll. And then weird things started happening in the house and messes or things getting destroyed and that kind of stuff. And the doll would be found different places. And and the little boy was getting in trouble for that. He's like, it wasn't me. It was was Robert. It was Robert. And then they tried to get rid of the doll and it would be back. And supposedly the mom tried to burn it. And then the next day it was in the house and they tried to lock it up into a separate room and it would just keep reappearing so then they started believing that robert the doll was the problem here wow did you notice the wardrobe on the doll because people say that it's a like a little boy's wardrobe it's not even a doll's like it's like a little sailor costume kind of thing but they're saying it looks like it fits an actual human boy not a doll well because the doll is pretty big right it's not like a little doll (laughs) he's like kind of big and he's sitting in a chair and he's in glass encased in glass so he can't come and grab on you (laughs) reminds me um, reminds me of the famous Warren Museum oh right I know I want to go to that I was going to ask I haven't done that Leo didn't you say there was some sort of experience so you can go like eat dinner with yeah I, I, Lorraine Warren is she's up there in age mm-hmm. so her son-in-law Tony uh, I can't think of his name last name Tony um, he he's taking over the New England Paranormal Sex Society whatever it is called and uh, there's a package deal we can go have dinner with them you know before it used to be at their home where you can come to their home 
go to the occult museum yeah. and they hear stories and stuff. But I think now it's more like they go off site because people have been disrespecting, especially the Annabelle doll. People come up and, you know, it's like, oh, this thing's not real and tap on the glass. And, you know, and they say, hey, don't touch anything in this room because a lot of this stuff came from investigations. Or, all you know, of it did. Demonic, it? Yeah, yeah. Or demonic possession cases and, you know, yeah. all that weird stuff, you know, mm-hmm. so it's like they ought to stop that, I guess, I think, you know. There's video tours of the house in the museum and everything. I can barely bring myself <laughs> to watch the video because I'm afraid something will come through. You know what I mean? I don't know. It Dude, freaks well, me out. I'll, I'll tell you, though. I mean, people say, oh, it's the Annabelle doll. Annabelle doll. There's a doll they have in that room. Uh, they, I think they call it the Sandy Hook doll. And it's it's this, this creepy looking, like, like ritualistic doll that somebody made out of cloth and sticks and just looks evil and it's like they found them in the woods of Sandy Hook and it's like you know that forest is creepy and then you think of you know what happened with those kids and right. stuff wow. years ago you know wow. but that thing scares me if you guys ever see that documentary or just clips on YouTube check that out that wow. Sandy Hook doll is creepy and Leo you said that there's the hallway that connects the museum to the house yeah actually all those cases that they investigated Ed Warren would you know come home and paint something he'd paint the Conjuring house or the Amityville house yeah. you know, or some demonic entity that he came across you know mm-hmm. so it's like you come, you walk that hallway and, and you actually see it on these videos if you watch it you know and if in, in, the, in the Conjuring movies actually especially Conjuring 2 the nun yeah, uh, you know, oh, the that's, yeah, they kind of showcase that in the movie a little bit, you know, wow. very creepy. <laughs> Those movies scaring. I, I watched the first Conjuring movie. That was my kind of intro to the Warren movies. That one rocked me. That was one of those movies where after I, I finished it, I was like in bed and I didn't want to get up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah you yeah. can't, you can't stick your toes out of the bed or anything. Something <laughs> like, you know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Just exactly. stay under the covers. That, that's where it's safe. They have one of my favorite scares where the, the, uh, the sheet blows off the, uh, oh, gosh. and then it hits the, shape of a person yeah. just for a second yeah. uh, freaks me out every time every scary. time that's scary that's such a good one I think you gotta go meet uh, Lorraine Warren that would be amazing that would be really cool that would be so amazing then you gotta come back and talk to us I know yeah. <laughs> well, that brings... I don't have any hookups for that though uh, do you have any hookups I can probably get you that info okay <laughs> we gotta make I'm that down. happen we gotta make yeah. that happen yeah so that leads me to my last question here. What are you working on next? Are we going to see you doing more stuff in the paranormal and hosting more shows like that and going to see the Warrens and things like that? What's what's on your, your that agenda? That's so fun, right? Well, um, I actually am shooting a pilot in January uh, on the paranormal realm. Oh, cool. Nice. That's as much as I can say at this time. Awesome. That's exciting. Well, you- I wish it was as exciting as you just made it sound because <laughs> <laughs> it's not that show. <laughs> else but going to the the warrens and that kind of stuff would be amazing show i would love to do that please do can uh, you got your etsy store i almost forgot to mention the etsy store (laughs) how long you been doing that i've been doing it for a a long time it was uh it was kind of i did my costume line and then that was great well i only did one season and then i still had all these ideas and and i just didn't want to kind of stop that so I, i started doing the aprons on the etsy store and that's kind of where that's at and then i'm hoping to do another costume line well thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks Just for having amazing. me. It's been fun. <laughs> You've accidentally summoned the Boo Crew. All right, we have come to the end of what is really our New Year's show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for, I don't know, I was waiting for the orchestra. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in shock, we made it this far. Yeah, right? This has been great that we we were able to start this show at the tail end of 2017, and it 
is really making me look forward to what we can accomplish with it in 2018 and the cool people we'll be able to talk to. I'm excited. I just want to wish everybody a happy boo year. And we're looking forward to watching so many horror movies. Yeah, one one at the top of my head. I'm really looking forward to seeing Winchester, the house that Ghost oh, yeah. built. Yeah. That's supposed, great. It's supposed to come out in February, great. actually, with Helen Mirren. The other thing I'm really looking forward to in 2018 is hopefully the return of delusion to the LA 2018 yes. haunt season. Yes. I really hope it's I coming back. I swear this show is not sponsored by delusion. We talk about it every single I time swear we turn on a maybe microphone. Maybe in 2018 we'll have an episode where we don't talk about it. Yeah. But really, I'm looking forward to actually having John Braver on the show in yes. 2018 to talk more about delusion. <laughs> we clearly need to get it out of our system. We're really, obviously, right? The definitive delusion episode. Anything else anybody's looking forward to? <laughs> well, yeah, we got a couple great horror movies off the bat. What, January 4th? We got uh, Insidious 4, Chapter 4, whatever it is. We're so lucky to live in L.A., man, the capital of Halloween, because there's so many cool things that happen in this city. It starts, you know, like early September. It goes through October, November, whether it's haunts, escape rooms, movies, experiences. And there's so much to do here. Oh, yeah, you got Midsummer Scream coming up oh, yeah, in convention. the summertime. Right. And then you got Scare LA coming up shortly after that. Monster Palooza in April, like yeah. right at the beginning of the year. You got Mystic Museum, which expanded on Magnolia and Burbank. Right. Magnolia has basically become Monster Boulevard. There's yep. like four year-round horror slash Halloween haunt stores right. within walking distance. Right. You got portos. You grab yourself a little snack. <laughs> Keep you going. <laughs> but the cool thing, though, come October, I cannot wait. Jamie Lee Curtis, she's back 40 years later. Halloween, yes. Blumhouse is putting it out. <laughs> Who knows how this movie's going to turn out or how it's going to end or what the story and is. And John Carpenter's actually involved this time. Yeah, right? he's scoring, man. Back on as some kind of producer and then also scoring the movie. I'm excited. And who's directing that? So Danny McBride wrote the movie when uh, David Gordon Green is directing it. They're kind of like a comedy duo, but, you know, they both pitched the idea to John Carpenter, to Blumhouse. Everybody loved it, and they greenlit it. They're all excited. So I'm looking forward to this, man. Wow, this really is kind of what we're seeing is comedians going into the horror world, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's the power of genre. It's sort of this evolution. I don't know. There's something that's happening in the horror genre now where I think people are, are seeing. It's, it, it does feel like that 70s thing. Not that these films are necessarily like films in the 70s, but in the way that those 70s horror films were a way of, of exploring society and exploring culture and exploring you know the weird uncomfortable things that were happening in the world through a transition period of uh, consciousness if i can go that far we're in a transition period now and horror is a way that that we can uh, try to embrace that there's something about horror and horror movies and the idea of death that is very engaging in a way that our culture on the surface tries to get away from, which is a bad thing in my opinion. You know, there's a term, there's a Latin term, memento mori, which means reminder of death. Like, you know, you see monks and things that have skulls on their desk. The skulls are memento, uh, memento mori, saying remember that you're going to die as a reminder of how to live life. You know, 100 years ago, death was around us all the time. People died in houses. People would have funerals in their houses. It wasn't a weird thing. And, and then industry started taking death out of our homes. We started not facing it. And as a result, we got this sort of 
artificially inflated, uh, you know, avoidance of, of death. One of the values of horror movies is that memento mori. So horror movies are now sort of the new memento mori. These reminders of death that keep us alive, that keep us conscious. Very well yeah. put. So live a good life, watch more horror movies. <laughs> you heard it. You heard it from Austin. Lays here. Happy New Year to you. Call me evil. Evil? Evil. No. Just evil. This was the Boo Crew Podcast, episode number three. A big thanks to our special guest, Bridget Marquardt. Follow her on Instagram and Facebook, at Bridget Marquardt, on Twitter, at Bridget. Celebrate with Bridget on Etsy and the real Bridget on YouTube. Thank you so much for all of your support for downloading, streaming, sharing, and interacting on the Facebook group. Remember to rate us on iTunes to help us get found and bring you more amazing guests and horror fun. We seriously can't tell you how much we appreciate it. Till next time, have a happy Boo Year, be safe, and see you on the other side. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Leone D'Antonio, Lauren and Trevor Shand, Austin Wilkin, and Rachel Tejada. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation. A duck.